fusion bombs. These were first tested down in the South Pacific in the 1950s, and Ken McGinley, who was still a teenager at the time, told me what it was like to witness one from his military base on Christmas Island. I was standing on the, the beach. There must have been about what, maybe three or four hundred servicemen standing there waiting for the, the bomb drop. We didn't know what to expect, obviously. The plane did, I believe it was about two dummy runs, and it was very, very hot standing there with the boiler suit. was standing for over an hour. Finally, the all clear was given, and the countdown began. Three, two, one. Then all of a sudden, there was this magic flash. We were told to put our fists into our eye sockets not to look at the bomb and when it went off we were given the order to turn around and face the bomb and the heat from it was tremendous but the thing that I noticed more than anything else was I could see the complete bone structure of both my hands even through closed eyes and clenched fists that was quite scary and I think natural reaction myself like other people did we took our hands away I felt it actually burning my body. The thing that, that, that followed after that, of course, was the, the shockwave. By that time, we were all sort of talking to each other. And when the shockwave hit us, some of the men fell down and knocked over on their back. And we all just, and some of them were actually crying. And when we saw the bomb, which was oh, unbelievable, all different colours into a giant mushroom, and then the next thing, of course, it was coming right towards us. Were you at all concerned about danger from this? Obviously, there was the shockwave and that kind of thing and, and the heat, but the invisible danger of the radiation. People were aware of that, were they? I had never heard the word radiation in the year that I served on Christmas Island. I had never heard about dangers. We didn't even know anything about what we were going to see until we were three weeks out at sea. And I remember Sergeant Ward gathered us all up on the deck that day and he told us we were going to witness bomb tests. We had never heard of Hiroshima or Nagasaki, anything like that. At our age, the first page you turned to in a newspaper was the back page to look at the sport. I woke up about two days after the first bomb test. I couldn't open my eyes up. My face had uh, quite a few blisters on it, and so had my chest. I went along to the MO, and uh, there was quite a queue of guys standing there. We were all given this sort of clear lotion to rub on our faces to to maybe take away the, the, the blisters. But it was okay, actually, and uh, after a couple of days, it all cleared up again. I, I, I do remember when the bomb went off and we were going back to our tents, that I saw two men who were dressed, they had the Wellingtons on, the full gear, the white boiler suits, thick uh, black glasses, and they were telling us, because it started to rain, they told us they got undercover, undercover. It was so warm that day, we just took our boiler suits off and threw them into a big pile and started walking back to the tent to get a refreshment. We always kept our beer in the, in the tent there. They were telling us to get undercover, but we didn't know why. 
but we, we believe it was actually maybe radioactive rain that was falling down on top of us. It was quite heavy, big droplets, by the way, and it was nice and cool, actually, to get nice cold uh, water on us after standing there for almost two hours. So what happened to your career in the military after that? Yeah, after Christmas Island, we went back to the UK and uh, again, we, we were under tents. We were posted to a place in uh, northeast England, um, Otterburn in Northumberland. We were building roadways, etc. One night, I, I had woke up and I was coughing quite a lot. Switched the light on in the tent and looked at my sheet and uh, my pillow was quite a few spots, etc. of blood. They gave me two pills. I fell asleep. I woke up in the morning and I was told to go back to my job again. I was in severe pain, stomach pains, etc. So uh, the the diagnosis was actually that at my ripe old age, or 20, well, 20 at that time, uh, that uh, I had a very active duodenal ulcer. I was told to report to Cow Glen Military Hospital in Glasgow that I'd be medically discharged from the army. You're almost 85 now, so you have hopefully recovered from your ulcer since you're yeah. age 20. What have you done the rest of your life? How have you spent the intervening 65 years? Well, uh, Alice and I got married in 1960. I was determined about one thing. I always said to Alice, look, you know, I remember when we got married and I looked in my pocket, I had three shillings and four pence. That was all I had left. And I said to Alice, look, We'll work hard and we'll get somewhere. So we did that and uh, started off with a, a company. I drove buses. I worked in ice cream, trying to save up enough money to get a house, etc. And how's your health now? I've got stage four cancer. Uh, I was diagnosed that I, I mean, last year when Alice and I were having a belated diamond wedding anniversary, and I was told. The night before, a big party was given for us, by a, but I was given the, the news of it. The doctor just told me that, uh, unfortunately, Ken, because of your, your age, your body's just not going to take any type of medication or, or treatment. I just took away a pinch of salt. I don't even, I, to be honest with you, I, I don't think about it. I just think about tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow. And I got on me. I don't think about my, my own condition. I still speak to groups, speak to organisations, help young guys and young ladies uh, who are maybe doing a dissertation for university or college, uh, the information that I've got. And uh, I'm glad to say that quite a few people have, have actually passed with the knowledge I've given them. And to give you an idea as to how far 12 to 15 miles is, it would be a bit like dropping a bomb on one side of London and being able to experience the full force of it on completely the other side. So a pretty big distance and a pretty big blast. That was Ken McGinley there, who's now 84, and he told us he's just about to celebrate his 85th birthday in September. Happy birthday, Ken.